Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Legend of Portalcast. Uh, this is a podcast dedicated to discussion of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Now, this is something that has been in the works for the past couple months for me, and it's been a really special project because this is a reunion of all my old co-hosts from the old podcast I did 10 years ago called Portalcast. At that time, I was in high school, I just discovered this incredible show, and I met these people on an online forum. And we all had a shared passion for this incredible television show. So we put together a podcast, we discussed themes, characters, predictions, it was a wild ride. And now it's been 10 years since the end of Avatar The Last Airbender's finale in the summer of 2008. And I decided to put this podcast together to celebrate a kind of year of Avatar and get back in touch with a lot of these co-hosts. Some of them I've talked to consistently over the years. Some of them, this is the first time I've talked to them in years. But this first episode was a really, really special day. We're still working out a few kinks with our audio and getting back into the podcasting world. It's been some time for me too, but at the end of the day, we really love this show and it was such a delight to get back together with all of these folks, talk about a show that we love, and some of us have had kids, some of us have been married, and some of us have just gone through some really crazy life changes. And this show has been with us all that time, and that's what we're going to really talk about is how this show has stuck with us over the years and what it's like now revisiting it 10 years later. Thank you so much for uh, taking a listen to this and uh, enjoy the show. First, we got Kevin. Hi, everyone. I'm Kevin. I'm the nominal leader of the Avatar Portal Forum. Uh, and now all I do is basically curl all day. Yes. And the Avatar Portal was uh, the forum where we all uh, just kind of became friends uh, for the most part. And there were a variety of different other forums. But the Avatar Portal was uh, the main sponsor for the podcast in the first place. And that was how we got everything off the ground. Um, so, uh, next we have Casey. Hi everybody. Um, yes, I'm Casey Davenport. I'm, um, actually a freelance illustrator, greatly influenced by Avatar's art and from 10 years ago, uh, through now. So really excited to be back. Awesome. And, uh, next we have Susan. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Susan. I haven't been dead. I've just been, you know, working. So that's probably equivalent. Uh, it's good to be back, and I really miss hanging out and talking to this group of crazy people that have very similar interests. And it's been ten years, a decade, really. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're so old now. 
I'm going to get my tea like Iroh now or something, you know? I'm just going to go sip my jasmine tea and tell everybody to worry about their scars on their faces. <laughs> awesome. And uh, so next uh, we have Kristen. Better known as Scooz. Um, I was one of the admins for the Avatar portal and uh, kind of fell off the face of the earth, but I ended up coming back. I've become an educator. I, uh, I educate people about conservation and protection. And I kind of feel like some of that does come from Avatar Portal. I feel like a lot of us felt inspired in different ways after watching the series. Um, and inspiration is basically what I draw on for people. I hope to help people feel inspired. And whether that's to protect wildlife or to go see wildlife and whatever capacity they feel it, you know, I got that from the series, I think, because <laughs> oddly enough, I loved all the wildlife in the series. I loved the, the lemurs. I loved flying bison and everything, so uh, I think I have Avatar to kind of thank me for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. I have a giant oppa next to me right now, just so everybody knows. I know we're not doing video, but I have a giant, like, four-foot oppa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got oppa in the corner, I've got Pabu here, and then I've got Momo. Uh, Momo's hanging off the chair, so. <laughs> I work with real-life Momos. <laughs> thank God, yes. <laughs> Um, so next we have uh, John. Hey guys, it's John or Sots as some of you might know me. I'm a former admin of the Avatar Portal and I am so excited to be back with these guys and talk about some Avatar. Awesome. Uh, and then uh, last but not least, holding it down from the Netherlands, we have Kyle. Oh man. Um, well, I'm, I'm Kyle. Uh, you guys know me as Skip. Um, I'm just honestly saying, I'm kind of at a loss of words, guys. It's been <laughs> 10 years. So much has happened in the in the uh, past 10 years. Um, kind of at a loss of words, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like you know, in in I think in the past couple of years, I've messaged I've, I've messaged Colin I think once and twice, and we've exchanged some messages. Uh, and you know that's that's basically the contact I've had with anybody from the Avatar portal in like the past seven or eight years because you know we kind of stuck around after the end of the series. Um, seeing you guys back after ten years, or hearing you guys back after ten years, and you know continuing where we left off as if we last spoke with each other yesterday. I mean, just now we were already passing some jokes from 10 years ago. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing that nothing has changed in that sense in the past <laughs> 10 years. It's, no, it's one great. thing has changed. We, we, we keep forgetting on Casey's birthday to start pulverizing her Facebook with just me <laughs> walking in, loving Cora, and just getting churned down so hard. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Um, so that, that's one of the first things I want to kind of talk about is just the fact that it has been uh, 10 years since all of this. Uh, I mean, and since the show ended. And I mean, one of the I know one of my favorite memories from the podcast was uh, when the Avatar finale happened. We all got on a live podcast and we watched it together. I was like streaming the episode from like my friend's TV on the Ustream because you know, a lot of people in, like, different countries, they didn't get, like, the episodes until later. You could access them on the internet and stuff, but there was that great sense of community for this, like, final moment that had been building. And that was just, 
so incredible. But I, I just want to hear from you guys what it's been like, you know, since that point and, you know, how Avatar has kind of uh, recurred throughout your life. Uh, maybe my husband watch it. <laughs> I, I want to say it's funny that you said that because the, the finale for me was such a, a very potent memory because I was in another country. I was over in France in 2008 uh, for a month taking art classes. And I knew I was going to like miss because, again, the time the time the, the time was so different over there. And I was like, I got to find it. And I just remember I was in the studio in the dark by myself, just crying, <laughs> just watching it because it was like it meant so much to me. And it was all coming to a head and I was in this new place. So, yeah, that just so just going from there up through now, like 10 years later and just like just still just going back now, watching it and just the. I think even the artwork and just the, the feel of it um, just like resonates so much more like for me as it just as creatively um, just it's it still influenced my work and I'm watching the style and the movement of everything and the creatures and it just influenced my imagination so greatly. So just just that really that was a big, big point for me for sure. Mm. So did anybody not cry during the finale? I mean, let's be honest. Oh, oh I, cried. I cried. Giant tears falling down. Um, saddest moment ever. Because you just realize in that moment, like, it's, it's done. It. Like, what do yeah, we do it's now? it's not the show itself. It's that it's over. It's like, oh, no, the end of the journey is here. Why? So <laughs> yeah. during, during the finale, there was so many emotions. Uh, I think one of the biggest emotions I felt during the finale was uh, Colin was streaming on Ustream. Uh, I know that his internet connection wasn't really holding up too well. Uh, I don't know if you guys had many issues with that, but me being a customer, you know, I, I obviously got the, the showdown of the sick on that one. Uh, I know that one of the biggest emotions during the finale itself was stress. <laughs> Every now and then, the the stream would cut out, and I had I had to reload it, and then you know you'd have to chat, and you'd have all the spoilers on the chat. You know, oh. it was it was it was stress. It's like oh no, don't spoil it. Oh, doesn't is it gonna work? Oh, don't stop working. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I was, the children watching. This is in the day when internet connection was not as good as it is now. And yeah. it sometimes came on yeah. TV. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's ten years. So much has changed in internet, and also, you know, ten years later, I'm now in control of my own darn internet. You know, I get to pay my own darn internet, so I get to make sure I've got the the, the proper internet. You know, that that has changed. Mm -hmm. oh, proper internet. <laughs> <laughs> we all like, like that. That's all other internet is just so improper with its bad manners. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I think in the one of the the biggest things that I remember from um, after the podcast, you know, we we all talked and we we had the live podcast. And we hung up, and I think I sat in my chair for like a good forty five minutes, just trying to figure out, you know, what's next. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I just I sat in my. In my in my chair quietly, you know, just trying to figure out, okay, what's gonna happen next? Yeah. It was it was kind of empty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to, you were saying like with the you know the journey coming to an end. It's kind of wild to think about, but it's like not only like for the show, the characters like what kept them together was the journey, you know, defeat the fire lord, all that. It's like for like everyone who was on the forum, the you know podcast, everything. It's what was you know not only keeping us all together was the show. Like, and when that show ended, it's like wow. It's like their journey and our journey. Like you don't want it to end, but it's like once you come to, and you're like, 
huh, all right, now we have to find, like, another thing. <laughs> like, to all, to all do. You know, it's kind of crazy to think about. But, like, you know, and the even, like, like we were saying, like, internet connection, everything's changed. Now, like, no one uses forums. Like, mm-hmm. we all joined on a, a – like, when if you were to tell a kid nowadays that used a forum, they'd be like, what's that? Is that a Reddit? And be like, no. It's like, oh, God, where do I start? <laughs> So, John, what about you, man? What was it like, you know, kind of like following that recording and like kind of everything following after that? Is it bad that I don't even remember the live podcast? Like, I, my mind was just so out of whack once that show ended. Uh, it was um, it was a lot like, you know, what Kevin and Kip were touching on, that there's an empty feeling to it. But then for me, there is also kind of a sense of relief finally seeing the show like reach its end and actually complete itself because you know there'd be so many hiatuses i know a lot of us would get worried oh crap you know did it get canceled (laughs) are we not gonna get to see the end but you know thankfully it came and then cora got announced like what i think two years after that in 2010 Mm-hmm. And we found the first hints of that just looking through like copyrights on the internet, and it was um, it was definitely a good thing to come because I, I wasn't needing like more Avatar in my life uh, once that show was gone. <laughs> I think we all needed more Avatar, and you brought up something that I had forgotten how stressful that was. I think that waiting for the finale and the final season to air and all of it. Oh my god! It was the most straight stressful time of college for me. Yeah. It wasn't college; it was waiting for my next Avatar episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was to, so, stressful. so to kind of get back like into the history of all of it, because I, I went back through like a lot of my old notes and then like went through the wiki and everything because I wanted to see like what dates and stuff were. But I mean, that was for the folks who kind of became fans of Avatar later or you know didn't really kind of know what was going on with all the releases that that was one of the most stressful times because i mean season three came out in the fall of 2007 and then it aired like all the way up until uh the day of black sun but then that was when all the leaks started happening like i remember there was um western air temple and the firebending masters got leaked beforehand uh and we went to new york comic-con and I remember they showed the clips, they showed like clips in the trailer for like the rest of season three. And there was the clips of like, uh, from Western Air Temple and Firebending Masters. And everyone was like, woo, like getting excited about it. Oh but God, clearly, I remember that. <laughs> but clearly everyone was just like, yeah, we've all kind of seen this, but we're not going to bring it up because Mike and Brian are like right there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and then all of the, the, the staggered releases of, um, Western Air Temple, Firebending Masters, and Boiling Rock, and uh, Southern uh, Southern Raiders, it, it really yeah. kind of came out in a staggered way, and then they're like, okay, we're going to do a week of Avatar, all of these episodes are all going to come out all within a week leading up to the finale, and it was like this rush. I completely forgot about all that, and they're like, they would release it in different countries yeah. before the U.S., and it's, I don't yeah. know what was going on there, that was, that is, you know, it's crazy to think about how wild of a time that was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was, I think, like, the best analogy you could, like, put it as for now is, okay, we're going to release these two episodes on Netflix this week, but then we're going to release the other one on Hulu the following week, and then we're going to do, but Hulu is only available in this part of, like, the Southern Hemisphere, and it's like, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
But, you know, that, and that kind of brings us back to that point that, you know, there was, I'm sure we can, I mean, we got into it in the old podcast. I'm sure we'll get into the with this one. But, you know, Nickelodeon never treated Avatar very well with, like, any of its release. And that, that was stressful. I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up, John, because, you know, to forget that stress, like, it, it devalues the journey, you know, of, you know, what, what it took to get there for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but in a, in a sense, I think having the almost, what was it, almost a year long, I think, or six months between when the finale aired and the episodes before that, um, I think in a sense, it also brought us as a community closer, though. Cause yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. As a community, I, I think we had more time uh, to develop, so, you know, there was less, less time before the journey ended in that sense. We, we had more time. And us have, having time to discuss all these spoilers and, and discuss possible endings and, and, and all that, I, I think that ended up bringing the community as a whole together. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I just remember, do you guys, we, we did like a whole thing between all the different forums called uh, the Avatar Olympics. Oh, and God. Was, oh, man. <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> But it was basically like the whole judging, <laughs> the, the rivalry between the different communities. That and then we made it. propaganda. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was it became this like. But the thing is, there was just so much art being created. There was so much passion. There was so much excitement revolving around the show. And it was because we were all like, we have no idea what's going to happen with this show. There's no updates. There's, like, no Twitter to, like, you know, for any of the creators to be like, hey, don't worry, guys, we're working on it. It was just like, no, we have no idea what the hell is happening right now. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, Kip's Averin, that that may have been, like, just the most freaking fun time mm. ever on that forum. That was such a blast. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Averin was awesome. Yeah, that, yeah, we're like, well, they're not showing us Avatar this year, so we'll make our own. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, and in that, like for the people who weren't uh, there for that part too, we we basically the Avatar Renaissance set was just like people were making scripts for episodes, doing fan art, they were doing uh, music videos, all different kinds of stuff, and it really was this incredibly special time where like so many people's creativity really flourished. And I know for me personally, that was like when I really dove into a lot more with video editing and with sound editing, with the podcasts and everything. And it became so inspiring seeing all of these other people, you know, just putting their art out there like that because it was all fueled from this passion for the show. It's funny you say that because when I was rewatching the episodes, I felt like my first thought was, wow, I kind of want to make like documentary style videos about avatar animals (laughs) because I didn't make this connection initially about why they, I mean, I don't know if the creators did this intentionally or not, but being somebody who teaches people about wildlife, I thought it was funny that the very small air nomad tribe and Aang, especially now that he's essentially like endangered in a way, because he was the last one in the series, how endangered bison were because bison were slaughtered by Western culture. And so I was watching that and I just made these connections and I was like, I never really thought of this before because I wasn't that attuned to that aspect of my life. And now that I am, I watch the series and I've made connections with some of the animals because even lemurs are highly endangered. And who's hanging out with Aang, another endangered species? And I thought, I don't know if that was actually intentional, but I laugh at it now because it 
it makes sense. Wow. <laughs> That's really cool. So one of the things that we all kind of talked about beforehand uh, with recording this episode was that we wanted to go back and revisit uh, the first two episodes um, to go back, watch those and see what kind of insights that we had from, you know, seeing it when we did and then now seeing it 10 years, however many years later. Um, so I don't know, just like what was it like for you guys revisiting the first two episodes and uh, compared to when you first saw the show in the beginning wanted to cry more <laughs> <laughs> i the i don't think that of all the episodes and you know this is of course looking in hindsight you know we've seen the whole series plus a whole new series um it's a nice intro but it really is all they are is an introduction like compared to the beauty and complexity of some of the other episodes is they introduce more culture, uh, more diversity to the characters' personalities, you know. They really are just intros. And it's not bad. I mean, it is a kid's show. It doesn't have to start complex. You don't want to confuse anybody. It is a very basic introduction. And I don't remember being particularly attached to the show initially. Uh, My little brother was the one who started watching it. I didn't pick it up until mid-season, when the characters started getting better developed and I started seeing uh, pieces of the world that I recognized because we had grown up in Okinawa, Japan. And so as I was seeing more of the cultures being introduced, uh, I think that's when I started getting attached to the show. So, you know, the first episodes aren't bad. I don't think any episodes are really that bad. I just felt like Except the great compared divide. to the rest of it, I'm like, eh, okay, cool. Yeah. When's the good stuff start? <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting because I had a total opposite reaction when I first saw it because I remember growing up with Nickelodeon and being so immersed in the Nicktoons and all the great cartoons and great art that they just different styles and they they did some stuff that would if you know if they put it on now would be risque um, I guess with some of the jokes and I just remember at that point I was like a senior in high school and I was like I heard about this premiere and I'm like you know I'll check it out and I was just so blown away by the fact that. Like they introduced a world right away to you and it kind of immersed you and being a fan of of those types of worlds where it's like like a Tolkien-esque world or even now with Game of Thrones where they they create something for you. And this is for kids just initially that's so just grabbing, like just watching it now. I just watched it with my boyfriend and he's never seen it before. And it's just sort of he was even commenting. I was like, I like how they introduce the world and it really like sucks you in like right away and i and yeah they, they're right it's they just like introduce everything just basically but they just like they make you like care about the characters right away and that's so important because you've seen other shows where you're just like what's going on is this gonna go anywhere like there's a sense of intrigue there and and it's like i just i, I watching it again was pretty magical for me it was almost like seeing it through almost for the first time again for me sort of like through like a new a new lens knowing i'd seen it before but i was like oh my god if i was like watching this now just for the first time 10 years later like i'm totally like back there like like hooked and ready for the next next yeah. part like yeah kind of i do like their studio ghibli style i think that's one of the reasons why i even started watching it was when i first saw it i thought that it was something miyazaki made initially like i saw enough of the uh similarities in it that i was like oh if this is something miyazaki made it's gotta be good <laughs> so many beautiful elements from that well i think for me um 
you know, I actually didn't pick up the show until it was like in mid season two. So my first episode I saw was probably something like Jet. Um, but when I went back and I watched the first episodes for the first time, I mean, I was I was hooked, like especially because I was already invested into a later season. I was just so ready to like see how we got there and, um, <clears throat> you know, what a kind of stuff the story had in store for me um going back to it as an adult now um one big difference i noticed in my viewing was i'm more worried about the kids now like i'm like guys you're getting to some like sketchy stuff for just being children i don't want you to get hurt um just you know leave the fighting to the adults um but you know i they they know way more than most adults do in that show. So they're kind of adults. Yeah, that's always a really interesting point, too. Because um, I think that, you know, especially when people would look back and compare Korra to Avatar, you know, you see just how incredibly special and unique mm. the all the main characters from Avatar were. Because, like, they're so young, but they're so talented and they're so competent for their age and I think it really kind of adds to this whole like grander mythological scale for the series because you know this is really all of these cosmic puzzle pieces coming together to bring balance to the world because it's been a hundred years of war and fighting and everything and now you have these incredibly talented but still young and uh, you know, in some degree, like innocent kids really going into this. But that's really funny that you brought that up because I also had a similar feeling. It's like, it's like, guys, like, no, li- listen, listen to Grand Grand. Like, you know, she's she's been around the block. She she knows, like, you know, listen, that she knows what's going on here. <laughs> or minors. <laughs> yeah, it, I was like, John, I caught it. I well, here's here's how good Avatar is. My first episode was The Great Divide, and I still like the show. <laughs> it's it's incredibly bad when you watch it again after that and i still and like it got more complex because right after that was the storm and I watch that, and I'm like, "Whoa! I am invested in this. Sh- like, I gotta find out more about the Zuko guy. Like, that's a co- like all of a sudden, that's where like the show went from being like, it, I felt like it could have still just been, you know, quote unquote, just a cartoon, especially like the first two episodes. Like, they could have very easily just been like, all right, we're just gonna have some kids go doing some silly stuff, and we'll call it a day. And then like it just it just developed so deep. Like, it's it's wild to think like how into the show like these guys were." Like they How didn't mess around. From and and not, around. not messing around. Like everything, the plot—it's it, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's and I remember we specifically did an episode just on the storm and how it really was like this turning point. And anytime I've introduced the show to anybody else, or when I revisit it, I always look at that episode as the number one turning point for the series. That and, and, and it makes sense because Nickelodeon gave Mike and Brian a run of 13 episodes and they're like, okay, do what you want. We'll see how the ratings are. Uh, we'll give you this opportunity. If the ratings are high, then we'll let you guys have the rest of the season. And you could tell that, you know, the first like couple episodes, there's some campy stuff going on. It's fun. It's silly. Yeah. There's some serious stuff, but yeah, it's like, 
when you go into the storm, it's this episode suddenly where we're getting intensely deep character backgrounds. We are getting a complex villain who just isn't this one note like, I need to capture, capture the Avatar. It's like, no, he was burned by his father in public and humiliated, and that's why he's doing that. And suddenly you're like, whoa, what is going yeah. on with this show now? <laughs> Yeah, that's why it's funny to watch the first two episodes again and be like, man, this show goes like way different. Like if you watch that those first two episodes having not seen the show, you you could very easily dismiss it as a cartoon or yeah. you know, quote unquote a cartoon. But when you see like when you know what it develops into, you're like, wow, it's it's almost like watching the show evolved almost like, you know, we evolved or like kids evolved. They went from being kids to like, you know, running the world. Like it's quite literally like in a you know I, i'm trying to think not an analogy what the word is but like for people growing up and i think that was the whole idea of the show and like cora too you know the teenage years like it was all the show itself grew up and we grew up with it and it's kind of cool to see later on so coming from someone who is seeing the episodes again now as a parent and showing them to her child which uh, I'm not gonna lie, I'm like super excited because she's like all on top of this. Like she's like, guitar is so awesome. Yeah, I love it. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a whole different feeling because you go back and watch them and you're like, why aren't you listening to the grandmother? She's so right. I don't want you going off on some weird adventure. And it's like, oh god, I sided with an adult. Hold on. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's, it's, it's a definite new experience. It's great showing her these episodes and feeling like I'm going back and reliving what I thought the first time I saw them because sometimes I just see her face and she's like, Mommy, where are they going? I don't... Oh my gosh, she can she can move water? What is that? And I'm like, oh, don't worry, honey. It gets a lot crazier. He can move all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but I'm a little concerned because she's starting to get a little Zutara on me and I don't know how I feel about that. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, wait, honey, no. And he's like, but I like, I like Suko. And I know that like, it's kind of funny. So I'm like, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have ever met Dante Bosco now. Like maybe my love has somehow just transferred into her. And I don't know. I felt really like, I was like, oh God. And so I have a little Zutara now and it's, 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 I don't know how to deal with that anymore. It's a face. You still have to deal with it on the forum anymore. Cause it got crazy. <laughs> it isn't. Especially when Katang became like, you know, like that was like, okay, Katang is really it. And everyone's like, nah, she just leaves him later down the road. (laughs) (laughs) Just a teenage fling and all that, right? (laughs) Well, I just, one of the images that always really stuck out to me, because I remember, you know, you, you would have people who would be writing the equivalent of like dissertations on the forum about why they believed. Zutara or Katang was, you know, the the right ship. And I, there's one image that always stuck out to me so much is that from from Crossroads of Destiny when Katara and Zuko are fighting each other. Like Zuko's got like the fiery whips and oh, and, yeah. and Katara has the water whips. And then someone took a screenshot. They're like, look, it made oh, two hearts. There was some serious reaching in the end. (laughs) I think think the only reason why I didn't like Katang is because even though Aang is over 100 years old, I just sit there thinking like, you know, if I saw an 11-year-old child making out with a 14-year-old, I would question what was going on. It always just, (laughs) I never thought it was okay. I always felt like if it was like, 
something they looked at in the future. Like if they wrapped up the episode and showed them as teenagers or adults doing that, I'm like, that's fine. But it's like, he's 11 years old. I feel like a 14 year old would be taking advantage of 11 year old. Okay. So let me explain you from a mother's point of view. I have a, I have a, I have a daughter right now and she's got this, we've got friends who have two boys and the one boy is like her age, but they're about a month apart from each other. We, We gave birth literally a month apart. And the other boy is like, maybe like three years younger than them, right? And it's a little weird for me because every time I take her over there to go play, you can tell the brothers are fighting over getting her attention. <laughs> they literally are fighting. They'll be like, Emily, Emmy, Emmy, me, 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 Emmy, me. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to see this when it gets to high school. I really don't. <laughs> Here, Jesus, help me. <laughs> well, I know for me personally, the way that I always looked at it, because, you know, that that always became a, a big talking point. It'd be like, look, like, you know, Aang is younger than Katara, you know. But for me, it goes back to the idea of these are extraordinary kids living in an extraordinary time. And mm-hmm. I think that they are in a position where they are just even more so well beyond their age. And yeah. they're forced to grow up faster than they probably should have. And, I mean, that becomes, like, one of the key struggles for Aang throughout the series is he is just a kid, and he just wants to be a kid this whole time. He doesn't want to shoulder this responsibility, but he has to. And as he's kind of like forced to grow up through that, he's like going through the development of being a teenager, I think, much faster than, you know, other people who wouldn't be in that position. But again, that's just my opinion. And that's like, you know, that's the beautiful part about it. Everyone can have like their their different breakdowns of it. It's so fun to discuss. But see, that's that's one thing that really struck me about the first two episodes. So in in the first two episodes, obviously you've got Anne coming out of the iceberg, and basically the first words that come out of his mouth are like, "Do you want to go penguin sledding with?" Him? <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, there's no no question about how he got stuck in the iceberg. There's no question about what happened. No, hi, you're pretty. Let's go penguin sledding, you know. And then later on, he they they go to the tribe, and then slowly comes. You'd think that comes to a realization of you've been stuck in there for years. There's no more air nomads. They've all been hunted down by the Fire Nation. There's been a, a, a war for 100 years. You know, that, that gets brought up a couple of times. Fun the fact. Episode. Fun fact. Uh, hi, you're pretty. Let's go pl- penguin sledding was actually how Kip asked his wife to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. If my husband had done that, I, there would have been no, I mean, there was no question anyway, but... Aside from the fact um, that sledding on a penguin is a questionable practice. I would say. <laughs> it's also a euphemism, but let's be honest. <laughs> I, I think I think my the proposal to my wife went a little bit different, but and I'm sure we'll touch up on what happened in the past ten years in our lives. Um, I can say that it was far from the traditional proposal. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, what I'm trying to say is, so you've got a couple of hints that, you know, there's there's been a war for a couple of hundred years. And then at the, at the end of episode two, when it, it, it should become rather clear to Ang that, you know, things are not right, he grabs out the map and he's like, we're going to go here and here and here. And we're going to go right this animal and then that animal and then that animal. And I, I think that's really an interesting part of the character development. It's, it's they really start him out as a kid, and it's not until later in the series during 
specific episodes such as the storm that you really start the character development. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets, it, that's to, interesting. To, yeah. If it if it wasn't for me starting somewhere in the middle of uh, book two. Um, I probably would not have stuck around if I saw just the first two episodes. Mm. That's true. I, yeah, thinking about it later, it's like, yeah, I jumped in because like I saw the more complex episodes first. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember when, uh, from my experience going in, I, I remember I was like watching TV in the basement and I saw like an ad. I was I had Nickelodeon on and it had like this ad saying like brand new television series and I was like what is going on? There was like sounds of water and all this crazy imagery and I was like this looks cool. I remember seeing Spirited Away when I was younger. I was like this this is interesting to me. I want to look into this. And I watched the first episodes and I was like this is so cool. But then I stepped away from it because I was also at this age too, where I was like, man, do I like, you know, does this, you know, I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to fit in. Like, am I, you know, if I keep watching cartoons, am I going to be like this, you know, am I, am I not going to like grow up or anything? And I know that when I went back and revisited the show and started like following this again, and I met all of you and all the people on the forum, it became such a huge formative experience for me because it really uh, gave me, the tools to be okay with who I was as kind of a weird, crazy person and being able to have an outlet for that in the forum with the discussion and through the podcast eventually, I know was such a huge part for me. And that in the show really reflects that getting back to what we were all saying, how it really is this, he starts off as this kid, but you really kind of see him age and develop and go through all of these experiences I mean, for me, revisiting this show now has been like, holy crap, it puts so much of that into perspective for me and revisiting that. It is interesting that you brought that up, too, because I remember resisting Avatar for the very reason of not necessarily cartoons, but anime specifically. Mm. When I came back from Okinawa, um, Pokemon had just came out when I was in Okinawa. And by the time I came to the States, two years after it had been in Japan, it was just getting popular in America and I remember being bullied for it and so I was trying my best to kind of like push myself away from that culture that I had lived in for years and I I tried you know I had seen some how Miyazaki movies but I like pushed myself away from anime or anything anime like for the most part and I think that's part of the reason why I initially resisted the show was even though it did look really like how Miyazaki to me when I realized it wasn't and I thought oh god it's just another anime I don't want to get like bullied in school for this I tried my best not to get into it and I failed mm. so, so oh, the, the, how I got into it um, I, I actually somewhat remember uh, I, at one point I saw my I think it was my younger sister watching an episode and, and See, at that point, had control over the the TV. She's, she's two years younger than me, so you know you you know how that goes when you have brothers and sisters. You have to share the TV. And I, I sat there watching it, and I, this was somewhere in book one, and I was not interested at all. I, I was looking at the show, and I, I think looking back, one of the reasons why I didn't like it is because it's a show my sister watched. You know, and then when you're at that age, you know, you're, I think I was like 16, you don't like shows that your sister watches, you know, that's just how it goes. <laughs> and then 
And then a couple of weeks later, I was sick at home. Uh, I, I was home alone. I was sick. My, my parents were working. My, my, my brothers and sisters were all at school. And there was absolutely nothing on TV. Uh, and the only thing remotely interesting at that point to watch was Nickelodeon. So I, I started browsing. And turned out it was an Avatar Last Airbender Marathon. So I took a deep breath. I was like, no, I'm not going to watch that. Uh, I, I kept on browsing, and there was absolutely nothing on TV. So I ended up back at Nickelodeon, and I was half asleep just watching it. And I, I think I ended up watching like six or seven episodes in a row in, in book two. And at, at first, I was really like, I don't like this. I don't like this. And then it, it kept on going, and then like very slowly, it pulled me in. And by the end, it was it was like five o'clock. My my brothers and my sisters came out. I, I turned off the TV. <laughs> I I went upstairs to my bedroom. It was like, I need more of this. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know more about this show. <laughs> and that's when I realized, at that point, that was the last episode. They were, they were doing a rerun of all episodes up to that point. And that's like, oh, I have to wait until next week to see. <laughs> next episode and I think that same evening I found the Avatar portal and well I think the rest of his is history I like how naive you were that you were like I have to wait till next week to see the next episode <laughs> three months later <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what being in college uh, we started watching it as my uh, my then boyfriend now husband and I were watching it and uh, we were already in like what we consider the nerd club <laughs> uh, in college so I wasn't really worried about getting bullied I guess by that point I'd accepted my fate that I was going to essentially be a nerd I was going to like nerdy things and too bad get over it so uh, yeah I uh, I started watching it it was a little hard to get other people to watch it though because they were like what what is this show what is it? it's got it's got what is it kind of like? like it's got martial arts and i'm like oh god it's amazing and then they like kick fire on their legs and stuff it's so cool <laughs> my friends could watch the stupidest animes sometime and i'd be like why and they're like they're like because it's so much better than avatar i'm like no no it's not I'd really die on that molehill if i had to but i would and i would fight for it i'd be like come on it's got dante bosco like Rufio is literally yeah. the bad guy. <laughs> like I just Luke Skywalker is the bad guy. <laughs> and like Luke Skywalker, for Pete's sake, it's got every nerd fandom ever rolled into this episode. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I forgot about that. I forgot the fact. The fact that if you have Mark Hamill like doing a voice, like it's like one epic to the other. Like it, it's it's but, serious, guys. <laughs> it, it's why I watch my daughter's shows right now is to literally hear David Tennant be the bad guy in some of them. Like, you watch Ninja Turtles and he's the robot. And I'm like, Doctor Who? <laughs> and my husband's like, are we? I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to watch this kid's show right now because I hear Mark Hamill talking. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm okay with this. I can accept my life. It's yeah. a little easier now that I have a daughter and I can be like, yeah, I'm totally watching My Little Ponies for my daughter. Not because, you know, uh, not because Felicia Day is one of the ponies. Never. <laughs> so... It's so funny, we're, we're talking about how it's a kid show, and the funny thing is, and kind of going back to what Colin was saying before, though, um, Nickelodeon, as, as uh, you know, it's, it, we can 
discuss as to how bad a job they did promoting it. But they took, I guess, for them, they it was really kind of risky doing a and a coming of age story because they were posing it as a kid story, but really became as you watched Ang develop and grow up very quickly to do something almost like a Stand by Me esque kind of thing, where like you have a twelve year old kid like becoming essentially a man, and it's just sort of like I was just amazed at that 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 they were able to like just they they pulled it off so like you know brian mike and brian like really just were like had like had to have that that kid like element to themselves but were so very adult about how they approached it and it just i think that's like it it took off just with adults i think that's why the fandom grew because the kids really loved it like it, it was started off like for like maybe for kids at first but then we all got involved and then like you know people older than us like were just so into it too when you would go to comic cons and see people show up and dress up i mean it was like it just became like a big cult following mm-hmm. i just yeah it's still amazing that i went to otakon in like 2000 and uh, what was it it was after emily's born so it was like maybe 2013 and dante bosco is there and he just eats up the fact that he is fire nation and it's so crazy. And then there are people, literally just gobs of people dressed up as Avatar still. And this is after the show is over. And like Korra just yeah. kind of started taking off. And he's like sitting there, he's like, he's like, Fire Nation. Everything anyone ever said about anything Katang, he would just answer, Fire Nation. <laughs> and I it's just like it was still just really inspiring that three years later, like people are still into the show, they're still there and they and they they really love it, and uh, I'll tell you what, you're right. Like it's kind of crazy. And then you see the people who are there, and you realize in your head, these people saw started watching the show when they were like probably in middle school. Mm. And well, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Well, before uh, we just because uh, Kevin's got to roll out, so I just wanted to give you a, like a final opportunity to say a few things before uh, before you headed out, Kevin. It's like one of those things like you don't think about. You're like, man, I can't believe it's been this long. But as it's been phrased, it's like it's great to get the bang, uh, the gang back together, um, and yeah, I'm happy to see that. Even though we've all grown, like we haven't changed. <laughs> you know, it's one of those. It's one of the, you really know you have good friends when like you meet up again. You and you just go, hey, what's going on? <laughs> and you start right again. Like nothing's happened. Um, yep. Yeah, so guys, have a great one. Thank you again, Colin. And in my last line for this, I just want to say I'm going to go pour one out for Little Rain. The original founder. Yes. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> <laughs> There's a name that's there to love. Oh All right, guys, goodness. have a great one. Thanks. Bye, Kevin. Kevin. Bye. See you later. <laughs> uh, have a good one, mate. Uh, so you know, and to kind of give the listeners too, who uh, a little context of the history of like Avatar Portal Two, we uh, it was first started out by Little Rain. Uh, she was the one who kind of started the Avatar Portal, um, got everything together. I remember. Like the first, uh, you know, banner images from AP were it was like the shot of uh, Katara with like the water splashing across and like the slow motion. I think from uh, it was one of the finale episodes of season one, and you know, but then uh, she kind of made a decision that she didn't want to. Uh, she wanted to move on, and you know, managing the site was a lot. And then Kevin kind of took over and. We instituted a lot of different admins and everything, and it was uh, became this huge, big, happy family of uh, uh, of different people. But you know, before you know, I want to I want to hear more too from uh, you know from John. What what was it like for you, man? Uh, everyone's kind of like shared in like um, 
the different impact of the show, like going in through the years. But what was it like for you, man? Well, I'd say the last impact that show had on me was probably to be um, more open with uh, watching like new shows. I was a lot like Kip where I avoided the show um, for the longest time because of the way it was marketed. It seemed like it was just another kid's show, another Nickelodeon show, and I just was not interested. And I finally... um, watched like uh, i think it was the avatar state was like the first episode i like actually paid attention to and i was hooked like when they um cut off their uh, top knots at the end i was like whoa what's going on i thought they were like the bad guys and now they're like not and what um and so i was hooked from then and uh ever since the show ended um especially cora i've uh, you know i've been jonesing for like a new like thing to latch on to like avatar and it's made me just come across all these uh, great like tv shows uh real life and um you know anime um that i had never even thought to try before like i'm talking older stuff like um the original mobile suit gundam i'm so into gundam now <laughs> um and it's also um yes, helped me uh <laughs> yes um, it's also helped me uh, develop my writing. Um, I'm still trying to write up um, my own story. Right now it's a video game, but I keep choosing between making it a video game or a visual novel. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, it's it's been a trip. It's really been a trip. And I, I find myself these days thinking a lot about the avatar portal and you know the times we shared back then and it's just crazy to me that you know this little kid show could have such an effect on all of our lives it's it really is interesting of how much it's uh you know paved the way i think for a lot of people with the different shows that they've been introduced to but you know i think what's even more interesting is what's happened too with the creators of the show since that um you know, we got to, we're very fortunate as far as like a fandom goes to have these graphic novels that have come out following the story of the ending of Avatar. I mean, there, there's, there's five that they've come out with and now they're planning for a sixth. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the thing is, I mean, you, you think of like a show like Firefly, it got one season and then it was over. Um, and with Avatar... I'm still mourning the death of Firefly, okay? Don't even start with me there. Like, <laughs> many, many years later, I still mourn the death of that show. Like, I see... And it's bad, because I see, like... I'll see Jewel State on Twitter, and I'll be like, I just want more Firefly. Please come back and be pretty into early and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think the, the point that was made earlier, that, you know, we got to actually see... I think, John, you even made this point earlier about actually seeing the show end... And having them realize that, you know, complete that three-season arc was incredible. And how so many shows don't even get that opportunity. And the fact that on top of that, we get this continued story through the graphic novels and then later with Korra. And to actually have that, despite Nickelodeon and, like, you know, how rough the distribution was with both Avatar and Korra, we're still getting so much great content for a universe that is so rich and so diverse and so impactful for everyone. Yeah. 
we needed it. It need that's what I'm saying. It's so cool to have the next generation, like even for us, and then the next, you know our kids too. Just like to have this sort of something to grow up in because again we have these fantasy worlds that 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 become so real and it's just like it teaches like like it's a different world but it teaches lessons that we all like need to like learn in our own lives it's just it's, it's just so profound it's just always a profound message from from the first after through Korra it's just they so good at that I haven't read all the graphic novels I haven't even gotten are they taking place between um avatar like the first avatar and Korra they that, they don't quite extend like it more in the middle ground. It's I mean the first graphic novel takes place literally seconds after the show ends, and then it's within like the, like the next five years where the next ones kind of take place. They're kind of not diving in too far uh, yeah. into kind of like the middle ground and everything. Um, oh, cool though, they just they they they're creating endless content for people to even immerse themselves in further. It's just great. Aren't they like making new graphic novels here soon? Yeah, uh, so they actually announced uh, they're going to be doing uh, so. This the the five graphic novels that they did make. Um, it was uh, Gene. Uh, oh man, I'm blanking on his name right now. But he was the one who did a lot of the story uh, and the, like the artwork and everything for uh, the graphic novels. But now they're moving on to a different artist, still with Mike and Brian supervising for the story. Um, but it looks like it's taking it a completely different art direction. Which again, so cool that we're seeing this, uh, you know, a whole nother interpretation of that that's being published out. And shout out to Dark Horse for, like, yeah. they're the ones who have been like, you know, making sure that this gets, you know, distributed. And the books that they make, anyone who hasn't, who doesn't own any of those, I, I cannot recommend them enough. Like the quality of the, the book itself, the pages, everything, it's they're beautiful. They did such a good job with them. So I just I kind of want to I want to I want to be able to wrap things up because um, you know I want us to be able to I think we hit on some really great talking points and and all of that but you know this is something too I, I want to explore farther um, and so much of the idea of this podcast uh, when I wanted to bring it back was to collaborate with all of you and to bring everyone back together to kind of get perspective you know years later and seeing all of this and I I mean this. This has just been an absolute trip, just hearing everyone again and being in this position. I mean, I, I, the same program that I used to record the call through Skype is the exact same one I used before. It's like it's, oh, it, hasn't, it hasn't changed. Wow. It's the same little box and everything. It still works. Yes. <laughs> and, I mean, it's, it's, it's just been so incredible because, you know, I, we just recently moved. It's been crazy and chaotic. I started a business last year and it's just been, there's been so many things going on, but this has been something I've been just looking forward to so much. And I'm just so excited that we made this first episode happen. Um, so thank you to all of you guys again. Um, and I'll just, if you guys want to have any kind of closing, closing points just from uh, what we talked about today. I'm just looking forward to doing more. <laughs> I yeah, want to just so I, it, diving into the episodes again. Um, is just like kind of like a rebirth for just like going just like what we did before where we'd watch the episodes and we'd get really into a deep almost like philosophical discussion about it it just there's so much still more to talk about so i'm 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 excited that you just put this together cuz like we're just we're just i'm stoked we're all stoked to be here so i want to do it again <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think one of the things that Colin also mentioned in the emails is that we were, we were going to talk about our life after um, Avatar. 
and uh, what what happened in the past ten years. So um, back in the day, I've learned a lot from uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. There was a lot of life lessons that I took with me, and every now and then I get reminded of those life lessons. But I, I can honestly say that in the past six, seven years, um, I've, I've kind of lost track of those. Um, my my wife obviously is American. Um, I, I think you guys knew that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, she moved to uh, uh, to to Europe together with her son uh, to move to Netherlands to come live with me, and that, that, that's kind of where we I, I started losing track of Avatar: The Last Airbender because suddenly I wasn't just a, a, a teenage guy anymore, just uh, being me. Suddenly I was a dad of uh, at that point five-year-old son stepson with autism and it, it's been in that sense it's been uh, uh, quite difficult the past couple of years and that but and then at one point I get an email from from Colin and then I realized you know that was bad losing track of Avatar last time and there's so many lessons that I learned from it and now I'm realizing you know there's so many lessons that I forgot it's like wow I, I need to rewatch the show and I need to get these life lessons back um it's always there for you to watch that's the nice thing yeah, about no mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> yeah. i remember i, have I, I remember too, trust me. <laughs> I, I, I remember uh, uh, with avatar last time i learned about bagua zong which is uh, as you guys probably hopefully still remember is the the martial art behind airbending mm-hmm. and i remember i i ended up buying a book about bagua song and it's still a a sport I would very much like to practice once uh, once I get time to start practicing it and once I actually find a master over here in the Netherlands that teaches it and every now and then I come across that book because I, I actually keep the book uh, uh, close to me it's it's always uh, in my nightstand next to bed every every now and then I open the book and that's when I get reminded of Avatar last Airbender and mm. every time I see it I do think back of the times at the Avatar portal, and I, I, I think back about the show and the live lessons. But then, there's so much that has happened that you know you kind of, you kind of forget. You kind of move on in some point. Thanks for sharing that. Kid. That was, that was yeah, really it's, nice. Uh, it's it's been a very uh, it's it's been a very busy ten years since the end of. Uh, Last Airbender, and uh, you know, being invited back to the podcast, it's like I'm definitely going to be rewatching the show. We have I'm to excited to watch more episodes. episodes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, same, yeah, yeah, same here. Like, I mean, I rewatched everything five years ago when I first met my husband because Cora was coming out, and I wanted him to be ready for Cora. And you can't be ready to for Cora without watching Avatar. So I. You know, Casey brought it up earlier, like the the joy of watching somebody else watch it and sort of reliving your um, original, like, amazement at the show through another person kind of helps. So you're going through nostalgia. They're going through their first moments of, like, amazement at the show. And, you know, I'm thinking now as we're talking about it, Susan's bringing up her kids and I'm sitting here thinking my nieces and nephews are perfect for this show. They're creative. They're fun. They're goofy kids. A lot of them are into martial arts. And, uh... I feel like I've done a disservice not introducing the show yet, so maybe I'll start re-watching the show through them. Thank you all so much again. And uh, to all the co-hosts here today, John, Kristen, Susan, Casey, 
Kevin and Kyle, thank you all so much. And uh, until next time, folks. Thanks, Go to bed. Let us sleep. Bye-bye. <laughs> Later, guys. Bye. Water try. All right, and that is the end of episode one. Thank you so much for listening through this and uh, joining us along for this journey and revisiting uh, those first two episodes and catching up and getting lost in a, in a little bit or maybe a lot of nostalgia. Um, so if you really like this podcast and uh, you're interested in hearing more, um, please uh, check us out on iTunes, uh, write and subscribe. Uh, it really helps us with being able to kind of get the word out. Um, we're really just here to talk about Avatar, connect with other folks who really love this show, and uh, really revisit a lot of the great uh, stories and characters and things that just have affected us as hosts really deeply, and we know affected others just as much. You can find our website, legendofportalcast.com, uh, where you can find our latest episodes and our RSS feed. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Legend of Portalcast, and you can find us on Twitter at underscore PortalcastPod underscore. So yeah, uh, thank you so much again, and uh, be tuned for next episode. Uh, we're going to be releasing these about every two weeks, and uh, next episode we're going to be talking all about King Boomy. Thanks, guys.